1: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 453 of Linux in the Hamshack. This is the Weekender edition and this is the 86th edition of the Weekender on this, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. So the Weekender is designed to tell you all the things that are coming up over the next two weeks in amateur radio, open source, and hedonism. So it's a little bit of amateur radio fun, a little bit of open source fun, and then a whole lot of hedonistic fun. And we hope you enjoy all the things you hear, and maybe try out one or two of them, or even all of them if you're feeling particularly daring. But before we get into some of those topics, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Russ K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill N4RD.
1: All right, and before we dive into the really good stuff, all that all that hedonistic pleasure that, that makes life worth living, we talk about amateur radio and open source first, and we always lead off with the amateur radio contest calendar, so we'll let Bill take us through that.
3: Yeah, and this always comes from contestcalendar.com, the most wonderful contestcalendar.com. There is period. And this weekend, we have the big CQ Worldwide RITI WPX contest. That's the prefix contest that runs from 0000 Zulu, February 12th to 2359 Zulu, February 13th. Bands are 80 meters through 10 meters. No work. Mode, of course, is RITI. And if you're not familiar with the, the WPX or prefix contests, this contest, uh, this is when you collect prefixes. And a prefix is a letter and numeral combination which forms the first part of the amateur call. So, uh, for example, N8, W8, WD8, WHG1, HG19, KC2, OE2, OSCAR, ECHO25, so on and so forth. Any difference in the numbering, lettering, or order of the same shall count as a separate prefix. So that that means you're collecting all the weird ones like AF, right? AF0, you are going to run that one? <laughs>
1: You might just do that, because that should be a pretty popular one.
3: Yep. So uh, if you have a weird prefix, too, in the U.S., it's always good to collect all the U.S. prefixes. I know if you have your auto FT8 bots on, you probably have most of them anyway. But uh, it's a good opportunity to get some DX. And uh, they do run this contest in uh, single sideband and CW later on throughout the year. So be on the lookout for those. But this is a good one to get your warble warble on. And uh, there are no state QSO party challenges this weekend or worked all QSO parties. Um, there is, however, during the week, uh, they have the ARRL School Club Roundup that I wanted to mention, and it runs from 1300 Zulu February 14th to 2359 Zulu February 18th. Uh, so, any band, any mode, uh, check the rules. QSO uh, info. As below with any class, sorry. Uh, I cut and paste this, didn't even read it. <laughs> <laughs> the full school club roundup exchange Shocker. is to be sent and received over the air. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> so make sure you're using a mode compatible with sending all of the exchange information. Uh, so FTA might not work uh, for this purposes, so you might have to run a totally different digital application on your computer. So check that out. Check all the uh, rules out and help uh, promote activity with collegiate stations and school club stations. Uh, next week, uh, the see the contest the following weekend uh we have the AWRL international dx contest this is the cw edition it runs from zero 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 zulu february 19th to 2400 zulu february uh, 20th uh, bands there are 160 meters through 10 meters cw of course uh, this is a, to encourage uh Uh, North American stations to expand knowledge of DX propagation on the HF and MF bands uh, and improve operating skills and improve station capability by creating competition in which DX stations may only contact W and VE stations. Uh, One contest period is the CW-only one, and one is the phone-only one. So this one is the CW, and it's uh, top band through 10. So uh, take take some time to work this one if you are good at the C-dubs. Uh, and the state QSO party challenges, again, no, none for the following weekend either. So you got two weeks off from that, and then I think we get back into it the week after.
1: All right. Sounds good. So you get a little bit of a break from the QSO parties, but, you know, they'll come hard and fast until what? When do they usually dry up? Around November or something like that? Like, isn't, like, December, like, totally absent of oh. QSO parties?
3: think uh, there might be one left over, but I'd I have to look at it. There's there's a big calendar of steak so parties at the steak uso party uh, challenge website, so you can check that out. Uh, they have like the big, you know, year long calendar of everything. And yeah, let me see, I can bring it up real quick. But, uh yeah, it wraps up in October. Actually, the very last one is Illinois, uh, mid October.
1: Yeah, I thought there was a couple of months there. Well, actually, most of January doesn't have any either. So it's. Uh... Yeah, yeah, there's... you
3: get because it's a heavy contesting season kind of starts up. So pretty much once you get close to uh, uh, sweepstakes in November, pretty much everything's wrapped up. So you pretty much from sweepstakes on until uh, you know February is pretty much the open contest season for uh, the larger contests. Because you know once '60s generally good in the winter months for at least North America. <laughs> So, so uh yeah so they uh try to keep all the qso parties out of uh the really awesome months
1: right the no longer top band <laughs> although i don't think there's a lot of op on 600 meter yet um because <clears throat> who's putting up that antenna <laughs> <laughs> quarter wave on 600 meters is 150 meters <laughs> Yeah, okay. You can do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, you can do it. All right, so moving on to amateur radio special events, we have a few listed here. We have National Inventors Day, a special event that's operating on February 12th from 1600 to 2000 Zulu. Call sign for this is November 2, India. They'll be operating on various frequencies and modes on 20, 30, and 80 meters and also VHF. A certificate in QSL will be available, and they'll be registered with parks on the air. So you'll get POTA Hunter credit if you connect with November to India while this is operating. A link, of course, will be in the show notes. They conveniently posted that this is running from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time, if you're better with that than Zulu time. Next, we have Ice Station Whiskey Zero Juliet Hotel, Frozen Lake Portable, which uh, we've mentioned before. Up in Stillwater, Minnesota, this will be operating February 19th through February 21st, 1600 to 2300 Zulu on those days. Uh, operated by the Minnesota Amateur Radio Association on or about 3.86, 7.26, 14.26, and 21.36. They'll have multiple stations simultaneously operating on different bands and different modes. In keeping with the COVID, social distancing protocols will operate from our individual QTHs. In a meager attempt to drive away the remainder of Minnesota winter, the Stillwater Amateur Radio Association will be generating as much RF as possible over the President's day-long weekend. Certificates will only be sent via email in PDF format, and there's information about how you go about getting that and more information about the stations that will be operating in the show notes. And finally, we have the Voice of America, 80th anniversary of the first broadcast overseas. I have Whiskey 3 Victor in this, but there's several stations operating for this particular special event. They'll be operating from February 19th through February 21st, 1400 to 235900 Zulu daily. Uh, the voice of the voice of America amateur club is the whiskey three Victor one. But like I said, there are others. They will be operating on different, they'll be operating on different bands and modes could be on 3.887.2814.28 or any number of other places the other call signs are Whiskey 8 Oscar and Whiskey 4 Alpha. There's different listings for all of those and information about all of the stations. will be in the show notes with a link to the QSL Net for the Voice of America link, which has the centralized information. So there you go. Several special event stations you can work. There are more. You can always check with the a to see what else is out there. Or you can just get on the air and... See who's calling one by ones. We hear beeping. Beeping. People are chatting.
3: People are chatting. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Antenna pictures in the technical channel. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Like like to see the chatting up while we're, we're talking, even if it's unrelated to what we're actually talking about. So <laughs> All right. So moving on, we have announcements. There's only one announcement that I have, and we just discussed this before going on the air, quote unquote. And that is that due to circumstances where we're both going to be away from home and Bill's going to be like away from home, away from home (laughs) next Sunday. (laughs) Um, But since we'll not be in a position to do a recording next Sunday, we will push it back for one week, but we will not change the schedule. So it will still be a deep dive episode. It will just be recorded at 2 p.m. Central Time, which is 8 o'clock UTC, 8 p.m. UTC on Sunday February 20th. So just be aware of that and so you have your Super Bowl Sunday free. Yay. We won't be watching it because the Bengals can suck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Your, your your
3: series ended last week, right?
1: <laughs> and we ha- we have a listener of our program who's a huge Cincinnati fan. So <laughs> There you go, Scott. Enjoy. <laughs> Uh I hope they lose. Um okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and what did you say Bill? So cool. I'm sorry. I
3: was our, just saying that your season. your series ended last last week, right? Yes,
1: yeah. yes, because because the Chiefs are idiots. Okay. <laughs> Still a fan, but they need to do better. All right, so moving on, let's I don't I don't have a Linux in the Ham Shack Ham Radio Challenge honestly for for this Fortnite. So somebody want to throw something out there? Like work some satellites or something or build an antenna or i don't know i, I think we've covered try work
3: a school club or a collegiate station during the school club roundup
1: well there you go that's perfect work a school club during this perfect s-
3: yeah excellent so you got uh, five days to do it february 14th through the 18th
1: so all right cool might have to try that myself I try and do these, you know, when I come up with them, <laughs> I try, I try and do them. It it almost never works out, but at least I try. All right. So moving on from amateur radio to open source, let's talk about a distribution you might want to try. And I don't know that we've touched on this one before, but even if we have, here it is again. Go for it, Bill.
3: Yeah. And because I couldn't pick an arch distribution because I'm getting, uh, you know, typecasted as the arch fanboy, <clears throat> uh, this is a uh, absolute Linux 15.0. Absolute is a 64 bit Linux distribution based on Slackware. It concentrates on desktop use so that it's ready for the internet, multimedia, document, and general home use out of the box. Uh, Absolute is lightweight, meaning two things that it can run on the, a modest hardware and that the OS interface stays out of your way. But it includes the latest software like Kodi, Inkscape, GIMP, LibreOffice, Google Earth, Google Chrome, Calibre, etc. Some of those I don't use. <laughs> But it's great that it has those. It is version compatible with Slackware, whatever that means. No, I'm just kidding. So you can use almost any package from the same version of Slack on Absolute. I would I would assume you'd want to say Slackware because Slack is a brand name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, development libraries, headers for everything installed are always included so you can code or build almost anything from source, and you probably will have to. No, I'm just, I, I don't know. I haven't installed this. I was going to try it this afternoon, but then I uh, i lost track of time. So uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll give it a try and report back on this one.
1: I'm going to actually give this one a try, too, and I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw the open source challenge in here right now because this is a perfect one. Attempt to build and run an operating shack using a Slackware-based distro. Now, that is a challenge. So
3: <laughs> ah, That sounds like something we have to put on YouTube. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey you know there's there's something for that too we we need to have some different youtube content as well so maybe we challenge ourselves internally to have more youtube content
3: <laughs> yeah that probably won't happen till i get back but <laughs> yeah, unless you do something <laughs> you have to you have to fill the gap there i know the last one i did was the uh, cqr log exploding on uh, multiple operating systems
1: well i'll see what i can put together but in the meantime let's go ahead and move on with some open source events that are coming up over the next, well, it's actually a couple of months instead of a couple of weeks, because things are apparently a little far uh, far and few between. Sure. Let's go with that. Uh, and Cheryl is the one who usually brings us the open source events. So we'll bring her in here now and she can tell us what's coming up.
0: Okay. Our first one is the open source virtual summit. It's February 16th and 17th. It's online. It's free. The information says you're a fan of open source. You believe anything is possible and always thinking about the next big thing or making something better and faster. Designed with you in mind is the free open source virtual summit by Microsoft Azure. Learn how Azure can support your open source technologies and give you freedom to build whatever you want, however you want, and wherever you want. The next one is the open source community day. It is March 24th. It's online, it's free. The information is Open Source Community Day is a free virtual conference for developers working with the latest open source technology. Open source development is impacting industries like finance, manufacturing, retail and others, bringing improvements and significantly enhancing quality of life. Community collaboration has powered numerous innovations from better and more efficient manufacturing to new ways to have more meaningful interactions with customers. It's clear the trend will continue, so join us to learn more about open source projects, connect with fellow developers, and find your next project or opportunity. And the last one is the Python Web Conference 2022 It's March 21st through the 25th. It's online. The cost varies from $99 to $199. The information is with sessions for beginner and advanced developers alike. Attendees will be immersed in Python best practices and learn how to solve complex web production problems from industry experts across the globe. The highly engaging format with 60 plus sessions about topics about topics, including Django, Flask, Pyramid, Tornado, Plone, CI/CD, Containers, Serverless, REST APIs, Web Security, Microservices, and WebSockets, consists of five days of tutorials, talks, and numerous networking opportunities. Access to presentations and post event recordings will be available exclusively to registered attendees, and all the information and source uh, for these will be in the show notes.
1: All right. Very good. And don't turn that microphone off because we're already back to you because we have gone from amateur radio to open source and now we're getting into the good stuff, the hedonism. And because we're all human and we all have to eat, we start off with food. So what do we got for food? And this, this is not even food. This is not sustenance. This is just pure hedonistic delight.
0: Well, yes, of course. So this time I am sharing with you my recipe for my amaretto cake. Uh, it's something that Russ and I love, and I've not baked one forever, I'm not sure why, so I should probably do that. Um, Dig out the rum cake recipe for Richard, um, kind of Richard Gordon, actually brought this into my mind. So anyway, for the amaretto cake, you need one box of white cake mix, some almond extract, some vanilla instant pudding, uh, some amaretto, oil, water, and of course, you'll need a glaze for that cake, which is confectioner's sugar, melted butter, and amaretto. It's a super easy thing to, you know, throw everything together in a bowl, mix it up, bake it in a greased bundt pan for about 50-ish minutes Uh, for the glaze. You mix all the glaze ingredients together, dump the cake out of the pan when it's done, and drizzle this over the cake. So and it's it's wonderful. and of course the recipe will be in the show notes and to go with that, you need a tasty cocktail. So for this, I picked the dirty Dr. Pepper. It tastes like Dr. Pepper, but the sneaky cocktail is nothing but amaretto, fireball and coke. And for this you need equal parts of amaretto and cinnamon, uh, alcohol, Goldschlager, or fireball, um, one ounce of each of those, a half can of coke. And a half can of beer, if you actually want to use that, that's optional though. And there is also the uh, ingredients to make a full pitcher to share with all of your friends. And again, all this information will be in the show notes.
1: Now, if you're using name brand amaretto, gold and Coke, a pitcher of that stuff's going to be a little on the pricey side. But I hope I hope everybody enjoys it if you decide to make one. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but you don't have to use the brand stuff.
1: No, that's true. Well, if you're using Goldschlager, you do, because I'm pretty sure there's no substitute for Goldschlager.
0: There's not a substitute for Goldschlager, but you could use Hot Dam. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, that's Or true. Fireball. N- yeah, yeah. So well, okay, yeah. Fireball's there-
0: a little cheaper, so.
1: Then Hot there, Dam, there- I'm not sure.
0: Hot Dam's like seven, eight, nine dollars a bottle. It's it's a schnapps, so
1: yeah, I know. I'm I'm sa- that's what I'm saying. I'm saying hot damn is cheaper than than Fireball. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, Goldschlager in that list is the most expensive. So
1: and also the best.
0: Oh, well, yes, it is the best. Bill, Bill will like-
1: tell you about <laughs> some some days he's forgotten because of Goldschlager. So
3: nice. <laughs> oh yes, yes, many many a day, <laughs> many a day.
1: All right. So moving on from that, we'll touch on my drink corner. And I'm just going to kind of roll through this one because, honestly, this one's just not super interesting. But it's, it's something that's in my collection now, so I'll have to go with it. This is the Redemption Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Redemption is kind of known for its rye whiskey. This is the bourbon. So, obviously, it's less rye, but it's still a high rye bourbon. And on their website, they have a couple of descriptions that I will now read. Rye whiskey was America's favorite spirit prior to Prohibition and its bold, spicy flavor connected with generations of Americans, not short of challenges. Following Prohibition, rye whiskey largely disappeared, yet America's character and resolve did not. We believe that bringing back authentic rye whiskey will be appreciated as much now as it was then. Crafted by Master Blender Dave Carpenter, Redemption Whiskey is inspired by pre-Prohibition recipes that bring forth truly distinctive rye-forward notes. A truly easy-drinking whiskey, distinguished by its subtle rye-forward flavor, our bourbon has a rye content of 21%, giving it a light but distinct hint of spice. Enjoy it on the rocks or mixed into your favorite bourbon cocktail. So, they're saying use ice or mix it with Coke, meaning, you know, you can't drink it straight. (laughs) <laughs> but you can drink it straight because I've been drinking it straight. But obviously, they're considering it a mixer. And if you have to put ice on it, that means you're getting the water factor and, and all of that. So, But it is what it is. The mash bill on it is 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% malted barley. And I'll give them props for actually putting the mash bill on the bottle. So not making me have to go find it. It's bottled at 88 proof or 44%. It comes out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana, although the parent company is in Stamford, Connecticut. They are also the manufacturers of Bibb and Tucker, which is another whiskey I don't like. So, (laughs) you know, what are you going to do? The color on it is a light amber. It says it's aged at least two years, and I'm guessing it's like two years in a day because it tastes pretty young. The nose on it is actually its most interesting characteristic. It's got charred oak, dusty corn vanilla cinnamon and malted barley on the nose really good smell and everything sort of goes to hell when you drink it it has some subtle rye spice even with 21 percent i don't really notice the rye all that much so maybe the rye maybe the rye is better this is a sourced whiskey it's all mgp uh so the mash bill and everything came from them so take that for what it's worth so on the taste, I just get a subtle rye spice and I mean subtle with a general sort of bourbony, cornish, vanilla-ish, maybe slightly caramel-ish sweetness. Not really much to it. And the finish is more or less the same. It's a, it's a smooth finish. I hate using the word smooth. I try and uh, avoid that at all costs, but there's not really much else to say about this. So It's a smooth finish with the same sort of slight spicy notes and a touch of oak. And I'm going to take one more sip of this just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Nope, didn't miss anything. The bottle comes in around $30 for a fifth, 750 milliliters. And I'm sorely tempted to give this one of the only ratings I've ever given that's less than an 80. Um, Because it's pretty bad. (laughs) Um <laughs> oh, geez. I just I'm trying to think if I've had something I know I've given something a rating in the 70s I don't remember what it was and I can't I would have to know what it was to know if this is worse than whatever it was so at the risk of being slightly disingenuous and allowing myself to make a modification in the future I'm going to give this a rating of 79 so that basically means Stay the hell away from it. And <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try the rye at some point because that's the thing that they're supposed to be known for. So maybe the rye is better. Maybe it's aged longer, whatever. I don't know. But I don't like this at all. So take that for what it's worth. Did you try it with a mixer? I no, see, and, and I could I have done that before where I've used it in a cocktail, like an old fashioned or something, and then given it a rating based on that. But I haven't done that, so maybe yeah. I'll maybe i on the next drink corner i'll i'll do that and sort of have an addendum for this uh, with the next one oh, okay but that's all i've got for that so bill tell us what you've got
3: already i've got uh, on my 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 irish whiskey tour that i'm doing for the next few months <laughs> I got uh, Rowe & Co. Blended Irish Whiskey, uh, and the description for them is Rowe & Co. is a new premium blended Irish whiskey named in honor of George Rowe, a true pioneer of Irish whiskey, refined, elegant, and with a remarkable depth. A masterful blend of rich malt whiskey and the smoothest of grain whiskey aged in Bourbon casks. Well, this is like the second one aged in bourbon casks. I wonder if this is like a theme. <laughs> um, they didn't list a mash bill on their uh, website, so I'm, I'm I'm assuming it's probably pretty standard. Um, the uh, proof is 90. It's a uh, 45% ABV. Uh, it's it's out of Skibbereen County Cork, Ireland. So, oh no, that's not right. That's from the old one. This one's out of Dublin. Sorry. <laughs> so much for me actually uh messing or putting the up to date information in there. Yeah, this is out of Dublin, uh Dublin, Ireland. In fact, it says it right on the bottle there. Uh it's got a kind of cool clear kind of jug like bottle kind of like it. Uh it's nice from the distillers uh nose notes. They say it's creamy and delightfully fragrant fragrant. And yeah, I like I smell vanilla and booze. <laughs> <laughs> uh the taste is uh, uh they listed as notes of soft spice and mellow spun sugar along with warm hints of sliced pears and woody vanilla and um i, I don't know i definitely get vanilla and uh the distiller finish is lingering gentle ending with a light and creaminess and that's very true yeah it's definitely uh say, same thing with the last one they had like a really kind of nice slow to fade out finish and this one uh doesn't taste as thin as the last one that I had. It has like a little bit more viscosity. It's probably because of the what, extra 5% of uh, alcohol volume 2. Um, kind of gives it a little more body. Uh, this one was like 30 euros in a 700 uh, milliliter bottle. So just a little smaller than what you normally get uh, in the U.S., and uh, I'm giving it a rating of pretty good, and I, I wanted to give like a scale for uh, for that. It's basically a one to five scale for me. <laughs> one being meh, uh, two being not bad, three being good, four being pretty good, and five is very good. So I haven't had a very good one yet, um, but this is not this is this is pretty good. I, I do like this one, uh, Rowan Co Irish Whiskey out of Dublin.
1: Now, maybe I'm being a little pedantic about this, but I think pretty I, – I consider pretty good to be less than good. Pre- pretty good. You're, you're sort of qualifying the good.
3: Oh. Hmm. hmm. Should I do it that way?
1: I, I don't know. It depends. Okay,
3: we'll do it that way. <laughs> so we'll do pretty good, then good, and then we'll just call this one good. Okay. that would make sense. Okay. I, I'm good with that. So, okay, sorry. I hit hit the hit the JavaScript console <laughs> in the middle of that. Uh right, so I'll revise the last one so it's uh it's not uh not a three. I, I think it was better than a th- three. Um especially since it was the first one. You know, I don't want to, don't want it to be a three. So it uh it's pretty good. Uh we're actually doing a uh a, a distillery tour down in Kelowna, Kitty this coming weekend. So and I forget which distillery that is. Um, but I'll probably leave there with a bottle of something. So that'll be the next one. So spoiler alert.
1: All right. Sounds good. And I'm looking forward to whatever I try next because it's almost got to be better than this. So, uh, but in the meantime, (laughs) let's go ahead and move on down to the end of the show, because that is where we're at. So we want to thank everybody who was listening to us today who was getting into the hedonism along with us. We had Ted, W-A-0-E-I-R, John K-1-B-T-Z, Bill N-3-A-J, Chevelle 6969, and Tony K-4-X-S-S jumped in right at the end. So thanks to all of you for, for participating in this little bit of hedonism and finding out about all the things coming up in the next two weeks or so in the world of amateur radio, open source, and food, booze, and all the good stuff in life. So with that, we'll go ahead and let you go and enjoy some of those things. We hope you have a great couple of weeks, and we'll do it all again in a couple of weeks. But before we do that, we'll have a, a couple of episodes in between. So hope you tune in for those, and hope to catch you all soon. This has been episode number 453, the 86th edition of The Weekender on Linux in the Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill,
3: NE4RD73.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com/lhspodcast.com or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at or leave us a voicemail at one nine zero nine lhs show That's one 547 7469 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info fun and fashionable show themed merchandise until next time remember to always heed your hedonism